0: of Omaha, praise the Lord, if, if we could gather into our seats here, um, I'm excited about the word of the Lord today, and we get another round of welcome here, so, all right, um, if you weren't here last week, uh, we had 15 that God filled, they, they were birthed into the Spirit, and that's just so exciting, it's, uh, um, and I gave my little testimony on Wednesday, not little, it's not a little testimony, but all five children have been filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, and I'm telling you, I told God a few months ago, I'm like, God, it, Finn hasn't got the Holy Ghost yet, this needs to happen, and <laughs> I just want you to proclaim it, proclaim it in your families, proclaim it in your children. Um, if we could turn to, um, I'm going to go ahead and turn to the Book of Numbers, chapter seven, verse eighty-nine. I also want to tell the the church, happy birthday! It's Pentecost Sunday, and it says, "And when Moses was gone into the tabernacle of the congregation to speak with him, then he heard the voice of one speaking unto him from the mercy seat." That was upon the ark of testimony from between the two cherubims, and he spake unto him. Lord Jesus, speak to us today. God, we've come to meet with you. This is your church. This is your people. Have your free, um, your free will in this place, Jesus, and change hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And I just want to talk to you today about the dwelling place of God the dwelling place of God. Um, I don't know if you want to throw my picture up there of, uh, of the tabernacle, but as I was thinking about this today, I was reminded all the way back to Genesis. God has always longed to, and man has longed to, have a connection with God and God with man. God has wanted to dwell with man, and so when When mankind sinned, and we first sinned, and we entered into this sinful mess, by the way, there was a beginning to sin. And so if you've never really thought about sin, there was a time where people didn't wrestle with all this, oh, I'm doing wrong, but I want to do right, and found yourself doing things that you regretted. But Adam and Eve, they made some decisions, and they chose not to live for God, And when they made that choice, immediately we find that Jesus is walking in the garden. And he has come looking for them because there was a longing from heaven. God had a longing to connect with people. And I am so thankful that God didn't say, well, that project didn't work out. Let me start another one. But he came looking. And you here today, Jesus came looking for you. Oh, but not for you only, but he's also looking for all of those out there, and by grace are we saved. Oh, I've I've been getting another revelation, I feel like, of grace. Oh, we didn't deserve or earn any of this. When God reaches down and he makes you feel his presence and you feel his love, and and then when he moves and he provides for you and he heals you and he brings joy and he carries you through a struggle and he brings you through, when he does away with your addictions and struggles, that is just his kindness and his grace. And when he trusts you and empowers you, it's his grace. And he has grace for them out there that have yet to have heard his voice. And so God longed to dwell with man, and He longed not just to walk in a garden. He wanted to be with man. And, and some of you may know this, and, or many of you I would trust, but God um, came to the children of Israel, when He delivered them out of Egypt, He said, I want to have a relationship with you. And so I like to think of this as what church used to look like. You know, Bishop, we could save a lot of money if we put some curtains up around this place. I took a look at that, and I was like, you know, (laughs) that looks like bed sheets. Um, (laughs) and, and, And it was a tent, and it was a tent covered in badger skins, and there was only one way in, and when you would come into this place, and you had a million people who needed to come over here, you weren't putting all million in there at once, right? There was this altar with a fire, now we call this the altar. I think this is very nice. Can you imagine if we're like up here with the uh, with animals and they're and it's all that noise and we're killing them and blood's flying and boy, this isn't the message you thought you would hear today, right? And and, and the stink and the burning hide and 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 the priest. You think of a priest, bishop, <laughs> get out your sword. You get to go ahead and be a slaughterhouse today, right? And they're laying the animals up there and and, and it was. It was noisy, and it was stinky, and that was church. And you know on that noisy and stinky, people are going to come in here with problems. And they're going to be stinky. You know what? I've been stinky. And, And sometimes you didn't see my stink because God was kind enough to not show it to you. Oh, but I was stinky. And he said, there's a place for you right here. I've prepared it. It's the first thing. It's called the altar. Oh, because there's a transformation that occurs when you're headed to see Jesus. And so you would come into this place, and it was a mass, and it was stinky, and there was this altar. And they would go from there to that much smaller thing called the brazen labor, and that reflects of, um, the altar reflects of our repentance, and the brazen labor is our baptism. And they would take, and they would wash the um, some of the meats, and they would wash their hands, and and. and and you know what would happen to all that blood at the altar? It would mix with that water, and that, that basin was very reflective. So when you looked in there, you would see your image. It was a mirror. And you would look through that bloody water, and you would see your face. And that is exactly when you're baptized in Jesus' name, the blood of Jesus is applied to your life. And now when you would, if you could just step back and look at yourself, you're looking through the water and through the blood of Jesus Christ, and that blood is his name. You are now looked at through Jesus Christ. Isn't that not exciting? It's exciting. And then you would enter the badger-skinned-covered place, and it had two rooms, the holy place and the holy of holies. And... And uh, in there, you would find the golden candlestick, and you would find the showbread, and, uh, um, and and then you would move from there into the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies is where you found the ark. Can you throw the ark up there for me? And this is where Moses was at. There's different pictures that you'll find, and I'm not all very satisfied with most of them that I look at, but... Uh, when you would enter the Holy of Holies, see when you were in the holy place, they had the candlestick and it was lit and there was oil and and, and and that was a natural light. But when you would pass through the veil, which was like I think 18 inches thick, but when you'd pass through the veil, and you would go in this room, there was no daylight, there was no window, and only one day a year could a man go in there. And he would bring in that blood from the sacrifice for sins. And he would sprinkle it on this box. He would sprinkle it on there. And underneath those angel's wings, those cherubims there, there hovered the glow of the presence of God. And in Numbers here, Moses was in there, and it says Moses was gone into the tabernacle of congregation to speak with him when he heard the voice of one speaking to him from off the mercy seat that was upon the ark of testimony between the cherubims. And he spake unto him the light in that room totally came from the presence of god god dwelt there and that was how he connected with the children of israel was on the box from the mercy seat covered by angels oh and his light shone and his voice came forth And I can't imagine what it felt like to Moses. Moses was no longer under a cloud on a mountain with the creaking and the shaking and the earthquake. But he was in this glowing presence with this box that, that was, what that box stood for was the covenant. It was God saying, I'm your God and you're my people and I've sanctified you and I've set you apart and I'm your protection. Oh, we have relationship here and I see you from a seat of mercy. In that box was some manna, and what that manna represented was, hey, remember how I was your food? Remember how I gave you what you needed and I sustained you? In there was the rod of Aaron's that bud- budded, and that was when he became the healer. You see that on the side of, uh, um, well, now that's the snake rod. Never mind. But uh, uh, it was the rod that budded, and it was authority of Aaron, and it was the priesthood. And, 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 and they had laid out those sticks, and God said, here, here's who I've chosen. In there was the Ten Commandments, and, it, and that represented God's covenant. God saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. This is who I am to you. You know, those Ten Commandments, I went through a deal just on them a while back, and they, it was really interesting. You can boil them all down, as Jesus already told us, basically to one, one commandment. And it's even in the Old Testament, but you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And when you begin to pour through those commandments and you see you're no longer selfish and you're no longer lusting and that you first say, I'm going to respect other people and I'm going to love other people, you can accomplish those and those are really just a table of contents that all the other commandments the Jews will tell you come under those. And because it represents relationship, and it connects with love, and it connects with respect. And I want to pause there for a moment, and I just want to tell you that I believe in you. God's authority and power is on your life, and I'm pointing to this side of this audience. And now I want to come over here. God's authority and power is on your life. And I believe in you. And as much as God will use me, He will use you. And He will use you. And He will use you. God is no respecter of persons. Oh, hallelujah. He filled you with his spirit as much as he filled me, and he filled Bishop, and he filled Peter, and he filled Paul. As much as he filled the 3,000, he placed his spirit in you and his calling on your life. God has called you, and I respect you, and I believe in you. And you can be what God calls you to be. You are not subpar. And that is the awesome thing when you come from come to that altar and you're like look at me and Jesus is like oh you know what he sees he sees the fields are white and ready to harvest he isn't looking out at America and and just saying oh man look at all those messed up people and they're not anywhere they need to be instead he's saying oh look at them oh that's that's somebody that's ready to be what I need them to be that's somebody that's ready what I need them to be oh look over here and you see a drug addict and he sees somebody with hands raised worshiping you see somebody over here with a tattooed body and they barely have anything to wear and they're, they're malnourished and he's like let me get a hold of them and pull those drugs out of them oh you see this marriage and he sa- and you said man look at the adultery and the fornication and he says look at the couple that will lift their hands to me and raise people in me oh you see somebody who can't read or they can't write and they don't know anything and he says let me show you a preacher The fields are white and ready to harvest. Oh, pray that he would send forth laborers. Raise your hand up and say, let me go, Jesus. Oh, let me go. Can we do that for a moment? Jesus, I want to go. I want to be a laborer. I want to see them the way that you see them. Oh, God, you saw in me what I never thought was possible. Oh, God, and you see it in them. You not only see it in this church, but you see it across the fields of this world. We're here today, God. But God was working with the children of Israel from this box. He had told them in Exodus twenty-five, verse twenty-two, "And there I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, and from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of testimony." <laughs> oh, I love that that phrase, testimony. We, it's it's the first. We have the test. But it's the testimony. You know what that testimony was? I called you, Abraham. Your children were in Egypt. Children of Israel, you were in bondage. You were slaves. I decimated all the gods of this world. Then I pulled you out in my power. I passed you through the waters. I did this, says the Lord. I made the bitter waters sweet. Oh, I caused food to fall from heaven. It's my testimony of what I am for you and your commitment to me. You know, anybody else looking out over the hills would see that, those bed sheets swaying in the wind. And I wonder if people, children of Israel, looked and said, Ooh, what are we identified by? You want to throw that picture back up there of the tabernacle? You know, we're a people that live in tents, and we're wandering through a desert, and we're supposed to be mighty. And this is what we got. You know, is that maybe what went through their mind? And there were strong enemies that had, had been founding nations for, you know, a long time. And they're up on the sides of the hills looking. And do you think that the people of God maybe thought, well, we're not Egypt and we don't have all that stuff. And and now we're not the Amorites and the Pezerites and, and all the Ites out there. And and, and we, we're Israelites. and And... You know, how did they see themselves? Do you know how those people saw them? They were scared. They were scared. They said, what's going on? Did you see those waters part? I don't know what's inside that tent, but those waters parted. I, 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 I don't know that, that man, he held a rod. That man with a stick. He's just got a stick and he stands there all day. Oh, you know, Moses, he went up there on the hill. He said, Joshua, go fight. And Aaron and her get over there and they're holding him. He's like, i got to hold this stick out. Because as long as I hold this stick that represents God's authority in my life, everything's going to be okay. I want you to stand and hold on to the authority of God in your life. Oh, there's no weapon that will prosper against you. You know what you can do? You can hold this out because when God gives you a word, hold on to the word and your place might look like bed sheets and you would think, look at their shining armor, but they're seeing the miraculous work of God in your life. All of hell shakes and trembles. Oh, the moment that you begin to go and speak to somebody else, when you repent, when you give God glory and when you turn to someone else and say, Jesus loves you. Let me just tell you about them. They're like, hold on. Can somebody shut their mouth? Can they just talk football right now? That would be great. Hey, how about the football game? And you're like, hey, let me just tell you about Jesus for a moment. Oh, I had opportunity last Sunday night. I went into Walmart. I pulled up beside somebody. Hi. I get in. I'm like, oh, I need a car I turn around. I'm like, hi, same people. I get way over there, and it's loud and crazy, and I run into these couple again. I said, you know, guys, I've run into you three times. And they're like, yeah. So they're probably like, wow, he's weird. I'm like, so I just want to invite you to church. And they're like, we want a church. So now then we're trading phone numbers. And I'm texting them our, our Facebook stuff. And, and, and I'm looking for them to come. Because I found out, they're like, we've been talking. And the place we were looking at, we really don't want to go to. But I, w- I would maybe like to check you out. And, and in the name of Jesus, we will be here. They will be here. They, you know, what else could I have done? Just passed them by? Never given them another moment? I'm like, God, we've had three encounters. So I told them we've had three encounters. I didn't use the way phrase encounters, guys. I didn't say that. I'm like, I've run into you three times. I didn't go, I have run into you three times. I did not do that. I was like, <laughs> I was like you know, I ran into you three times. I'm like, you know, I have, I have a church. I just wanted to tell you about it, just invite you. And that was all it took. Try it. I don't think I've ever had one person one person ever say please get away from me. And if they did I think I would really want to pray for them as I walked away saying God I don't know what's going on in their life but they're a better person. You know, I even had a guy It so shocked me I'm like excuse me I need to get my stuff and he turns and he says I think it was something like he's like God bless you. And I'm like what? <laughs> you know and And I was like, God, where did that come from? I'm going to lose time. I better keep track of things here. Um, But God had this place of mercy. God communed with them. He connected with them. This was relationship. But again, only one day a year was a man able to go in there and actually see that seat. Oh, and they had bells on there because if you didn't hear those things, that means he was dead. Something didn't work out right. And we're pulling him out. But in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Mm. I want somebody to understand. You see that That tent right there eventually turned into a building. Eventually, the ark wasn't even in that building, and it was fake religion. We're doing this, but there's no God here. I am sorry to tell you, there are a number of churches that have declared that they serve Jesus, but someplace they either never got a revelation or they lost it. And now they show up to their church house. And it is so sorry because they religiously come and they reach out and they pray and they sing songs. But there is no presence of God moving in their midst, bringing healing and deliverance. And all they have is the satisfaction that they went. God wants to be more for you than just a place you go God wants to be more than a song you sing. He doesn't just want to be the restaurant you go to. God doesn't even just want to be something you go to. He wants to be with you. I, I'm telling you, stop thinking you're too, sp- that you're like, oh, that's too spiritual. If I say, hey, God, can you help me out with this, this kid? My wife works with kids you're not too spiritual to be out on the playground and say I can't handle this kid right now that's including God He's already right there and He loves that kid and so when you say I can't handle this kid I've been writing reports I'm like Oh, God, I'm running out of time. I need your help. I was not saying that like when people just say, Oh, God. I was like, God, I need your help. Please expedite my fingers here. I got a deadline. I was typing like crazy. Uh, Kiara <laughs> was waiting for me to get there, to get Caitlin. And I'm like, I got to get this done, Lord. I was expecting him to sharpen my mind. Why? Because he cares. Oh, he's not my sugar daddy. He, he's my God. And he cares. And he said, Cast all your cares on me. Oh, And so that veil, when Jesus died on the cross, was ripped in two from top to bottom. Torn. Ripped. But then 50 days later, see there was no more a box in there there was no covenant of the testimony. There was no ark of the testimony. There was no mercy seat sitting in there. There was no glow of God and there was no voice of God coming out of those chambers. But 50 days later, the same Spirit of God that first moved on the face of the waters, the Spirit of God that created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God that spoke and said, let there be light, began to blow into a place where there were people waiting and praying. And church, we need to do some more waiting and praying, because that God is blowing on this place. He's blowing and he's shaking to whosoever will. Today is the day. Now is the time. Oh, he's splitting open the heavens. He's reaching into the lost. He's strengthening his church. And he began to blow in there. And the voice and the the breath of God came in. And he filled them with his spirit. Oh, I want you to get an understanding. that Go back to the covenant now, or the ark. Right here was where God dwelt but on the day of Pentecost <laughs> how magical was that to go in that place how awe and special it was to go in that place what do you think people thought of the man that got to go in there he's, oh, he's super holy nothing can be wrong his dad died and he couldn't go to the funeral his, his wife and like, none, he's, 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 he's been purified he cannot go do anything else because he's got to go in there for us And we need him to because of our sins. That was that box. We need him to go in because of our sins. We need our sins passed on. We need salvation. But on that day of Pentecost, God came in. And he said, I'm salvation. I'm literally Yahweh saves. I'm Jesus. Jesus. And I'm coming in with my spirit. And he began to come in. And when he came in, instead of sitting on a mercy seat, he began to settle. Not just on, but in. Oh, church, I know you have the Holy Ghost. But hear me. The God from the mercy seat. Oh, he's, he's like, I'm here. Oh, I'm here. Oh, that glow that was there. Uh, Sister Dana, I'm, my glow is right here. I don't care how you see yourself. I am in you. My glow is in you. Oh, uh, uh, my glow is in you. Oh, Paul described it in, Cl- in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. He, he said to them, God willed to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery. You know what that mystery is? That's not like I can't figure it out. It means hidden. Hidden among the Gentiles. Oh, this hidden thing that people couldn't even see. People didn't couldn't. uh, God, that hidden thing, I is no longer hidden. I'm in you. I'm in you. I'm in you. Oh, God came off the seat and he came into you. He came into you and he began to dwell in you. Oh. It's that Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God. And it dwells in you. Jesus. He, Matthew, He dwells in you. Jessica, He dwells in you. He dwells in you. Oh, he fills you. You are the tabernacle of Jesus Christ. And if you have not experienced Jesus in this way today, I want to tell you Oh, that God wants to fill you. He wants to fill you with his spirit. He wants to make you his dwelling place. That's why we titled it the dwelling place of God. Oh, he no longer dwells in a tent. He no longer dwells in a temple. He no longer dwells on a box. Oh, but he lives in you. He dwells. Oh, I I can't fathom it. I mean, if you could just pause for a moment. Maybe I need to be quiet so you can pause. But just think. Right here? God. <laughs> the angels desire this. They desire to look in on. You know, angels? They're right here. When all these people were getting filled with the Holy Ghost, you know what was happening in the angelic world? Right here. Right here. You couldn't see it. Perhaps maybe some of you did see it. I don't know. Some of you will see it if you haven't seen it. They're like, look at that. <laughs> look at that. You know, angels are out there doing all sorts of warring and working and delivering uh, um, things from God. Encouragement, healing, you know, whatever. They're dispatched. They're doing their work. But they cannot, this is not something they get to experience. They glow from the presence of God. But now they're over here and they're seeing a little six-year-old. They're seeing my fin and they're like, look at that. They can't deliver the Holy Ghost. Oh, they can only stand in awe. You know what happens? Oh, I, I got so excited about this this morning. Bishop... An angel can come over here and pick you up. He he can bring healing, you know, God says, dispatch healing. I will never worship an angel, hear me. But God will dispatch an angel, and you can pray that God dispatch an angel and lift you up, heal you out of a wheelchair, bring eyesight, heal ears, you know, any of that. Uh, um, Pick pick a tree up, throw it out of the way, any miraculous thing. But God says, hold on. (laughs) They're, They're flames of fire, they're ministering spirits. And you're like, well, who wants to see an angel? I do. Yeah. Okay. All right? I do. I want to see lots of them. I want to see them all over here. Some of you have seen them up in the corners. They're here. They're here. They're shining over you, Bishop. You know, you have angels all with you. You're filled with his spirit. Angels have been protecting you. God, God showed me last night. He told me. I told this to my wife. I was a little scared, shaky to say it. He reminded me when you were driving down the road, and then you were like, I think I'm going to get in the left lane. I got in the left lane, and all that wood shot off at windshield height, and I was like, whoa missed that. I was like, God saved me there. He's like, your angel. I was like, move over. And then I suddenly wondered, how many times have I been walking along? I'm like, oh, I think I'll stop and pray with this one. Was it? Pray. Pray. Why? Because they're doing the work of God. And all that's going on, and I'm just all amazed. But God says, move out of the way. Because I'm fixing to fill him with my spirit. And the spirit of God comes down. He says, move out of the way. Move, move. All of you. I don't care how many, uh, um, how many thousands of angels are here. And they're like, step away. The king is coming. He's coming. He's coming for a six-year-old. He's coming for a 40-year-old. He's coming for a drug addict. He's coming for somebody that's, that's been bound up in sin. Oh, hallelujah. And such were some of you. But you know what's also exciting? Some of you fell back into sin. And God said, He said, You know what? I might go off camera just for a second, but He said, I, I, Move away, angels. I'm coming myself. I'm coming to reach you. He didn't care if you were in the back seat, if you were in the car, car in the parking lot. God comes down, and the angels look, and they're like, He's dwelling in those people. Oh, isn't that exciting, Sister Emily? It's so exciting. Oh, you guys got up and gave testimonies. I would give anything for the presence of God, the power of God, but all he wanted was my dirt. And I really couldn't purchase a dime. I just had to be willing to say, yes, you can take it off me. Oh, I couldn't even remove it, but he took it, and he dwells in people. Oh, it's Pentecost. And then... We talked about that that ark. Moses went in. We started out. Oh, I love this. I saw a couple things from the ark. I texted you some, and then you said some of it in talking. And, and uh, uh, Brother Ben, um, he said some of it in talking. And I was like, I, I read that, but I didn't get a chance to tell anybody. um, And... and Moses was gone into the tabernacle of the congregation to speak with him. Then he heard the voice of one speaking to him from the mercy seat that was upon the ark of the testimony between the cherubims. Do you know what we have here, church? First off, on the day of Pentecost, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Oh, the glow of God descended upon them. Oh, some of you may have seen the glow of God and some of you may have not. But in the Spirit, there's a glow over you. And when Jesus filled you, oh, I have every... God's glow came down. And He shone. And there was cloven tongues like as a fire. You know what? You're going to be places you're going to feel the strength of God. <laughs> you know why the devil's scared? <laughs> He's looking over. Oh, and Joseph... He sees you walk in in a glow. I, I was praying, and all of a sudden I saw little flames of, like, fire, like, like glowing flames. And I was like, Lord, what is this? What is this, God? And I was like, what is this? And, and I really felt like it's the saints. It's you. It's you guys. It was your, your spirit. It was God glowing. I was, I was like, what? This, all this is our God and you. Have his spirit on you, and you walk in. Trust me, maybe your friends are like, hey, how you doing over here? That's why when Jesus went into the synagogue, the spirit finally said, when the word went forth, when the the word went forth, he said, "What, what have I to do with thee? Are you come to destroy me? Why? Because he looked at Jesus, and he understood that he was God. But that's why the spirit said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. And he's also looking, and he's saying, I know you. And you don't have to be afraid. Why would you be afraid of an enemy that's afraid of you? You don't need to be afraid. You know what you need to be afraid of? Walking away from God. Walking away from God. Bishop, you've said it many times, if I can get it right. Delusion and revelation come from the same place. But you don't need to fear if you will keep an utter love and commitment to God. You don't need to think, well, I don't want to fall into delusion, so I'm going to love God, I'm going to love God. No, no. You just start looking at Jesus. Do you know how they know counterfeit bills? Not by studying counterfeit bills. By studying real ones. You get to know it. Get to know Jesus. And Liam said to me the other night, he said, Dad, I don't want to go to hell. I said, you're not going to go to hell. Jesus, you're not trying to, like, get to heaven. You're in relationship with Jesus. He loves you. And so when you stay walking with him, he just takes you to heaven. You're not like, oh, what can I do to still get there? No, you're in relationship with Jesus, so stay in relationship with him. Make up your mind, God, what do you want? And you'll be okay. And so that glow, that light, right? But then the next thing, what happened? And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I... What came from that mercy seat to Moses? The voice of God. But I want to just mention a couple things about his voice to you. One, when you begin to pray in the spirit, the voice of God's coming out. God's praying through you. He's making intercession through you. Oh, the voice off that seat, when you're praying in the spirit over here. <laughs> oh, God's speaking! He's speaking! Oh, we get the preached word of God, which we must have. And don't ever think yourself greater because God spoke through you. Oh, don't think that because God has ordained purpose. So heed to your pastor. Heed to the preaching. But God is also speaking through you as he speaks through you with the evidence of of speaking in another tongue. And then all of us, I've never heard the audible booming voice of God. Why? Because he's in me. And maybe he'll give me a booming voice one day. I don't know. But I get to his voice talking to me. And, and I'm, I'm you know what? Just begin to trust him. Try it. See. And as you grow in him, you're going to get to know that voice better and better. And you're going to be like that's the voice of God. I need to respond to that. Did that line up with the word it did? I stepped out on faith. It, it happened. It's no longer off a mercy seat for one man to go in one day a year. It's the voice of God in your life. It, I, This blows my mind, God, that only one man one day a year could go in and maybe he would be on that seat is in you and speaks to you and speaks through you. God does that. God does it. Oh, Peter, what did he tell him? In verse 17, And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Oh, you church, you're speaking words into people's lives. You're praying in tongues. And the voice of God is in your life. Why? Oh, and you're bringing mercy to people. Because you're now the tabernacle that houses the presence of God. And you're a testimony. Oh, you're the ark of the testimony of what God does in a life. And you can come and you can say to them, Oh, God is the authority. And you can be set free in Jesus' name. And you can come and say, God is your provision. And you can have whatever you need right now. Oh, and you can come to them and you can bring them this word. And they can be in covenant too. You're the ark of the testimony, you now house the presence of God. God dwells in you, in you, in you, in you. And we're the church of the living God, and Christ is the head. Oh, can we give him a hand clap? And the last thing that struck me I've talked to you a little bit about angels today but it really struck me. I was like, wait a second. The angels were looking in. <laughs> Church you house the presence of God. The angels aren't just there's enough angels for China, trust me. They're right here too. And when you're in your workplace, there's angels. They're here. Oh sh- Worship God. Love God. Don't treat Him lightly. Instead, you need to be in awe that you house the presence of God. Oh, and that He is in you. And, and, and angelic beings shine over. And, and I, God, He is moving and He's changing. Oh, He thinks such great thoughts towards you. It blows my mind. Oh, and so I see the ark in just a new light. I know I've said these things before, but you know how you say something, but then you like see it anew? It's the day of Pentecost, church. It's the day of Pentecost. He's no longer contained in a box. He's for everyone. And if we could stand to our feet. Many of you have come from places of broken pieces. Some of you just may have gone through some brokenness even this week. Some of you had dreams that you thought had died, and some of you have seen what you think your dreams are resurrected, and then you've wondered where it's at. Some of you have hurt and and pains, and, and you're still there a little bit raw. And yes, you may have been filled with the presence of God, or today may be your first time. Let me tell you, the voice of God wants to speak through you today, and his light is here to shine on you, and he'll put your broken pieces back together. He'll heal your hurts. He'll give you joy unspeakable. Can you just begin to lift your hands? Begin to let Him know that you love Him. Just be real with Him right now, church. I don't care if you spoke in tongues all morning or you feel really broken today. Begin to love Him. If this might be your first time, just you don't have to do anything crazy. Just begin to say, Jesus, I need you. I love you, Jesus. You're my God. Oh, get a realization, church. Oh, the God of glory from the mercy seat lives in you. Oh, His angels shine over you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second half here. Brother Danny's going to preach Pentecost and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be great. But make your way up to this altar and worship the one who dwells in you and trust him with everything. God bless you. We'll see you back here at 1120.